Welcome to Seriously Hooked House of the Dragon. We're your hookers, Chris and Rashad. And today, truth doesn't matter, only perception. Find us wherever you get your podcasts and at seriallyhooked.com, where you can find all our latest info. Some programming reminders. This Wednesday, we have a new episode of D&D coming your way. I just actually finished editing it about half an hour ago, and it's a really fun one. So tune in. And yeah, we'll be doing weekly reviews of House of the Dragon as every episode comes out. So be sure to stay tuned for that as well. And with that, marriage might be a duty, but that doesn't stop us from what we want. Nice. I love it. Also, like a good, good, good intro read. Thank you. Good intro read. I think it was like after last week where I was just like completely flat in my intro read, just reading it with no energy. You really brought the brought the energy there there today. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, how do you feel about this episode? I love this episode. I thought this was really strong. Um, but you know, we it we could get into it. But I think. It's just it, still missing the humor that I want. I still want like um, uh, some fun stuff a little bit, but um, I found myself kind of enraptured by this episode. How about you? Yeah, I really liked it. I I have realized that, you know, the show has overarching themes, but I like that it also delves into different kind of sub themes each episode and makes it really clear and is very like consistently doing it. And it's always slightly different from the, what they did the previous episode, and yeah, I'm I just find myself really enjoying that, and it's like it's always very much on topic in in that sense. Yeah, and I think it's really even though it's going through time so much, and it is going through time so much, it still is focused on such little amount of characters, just the four main characters that we deal with quite often, or I guess five if you want to count Otto, and I think that in and of itself allows for us to stay grounded and know where we are even though it's skipping through time because i feel like if you had the game of thrones level breadth you could not do the skip through time because it would just be so confusing in a way so i think they did a really good job with that yeah if if, if this was game of thrones you'd have to catch up everyone of okay where is everyone and that would just take the entire episode so what's the point in that yeah, so the, the the combination of focus and breadth is really a smart choice. As the season develops, we can see their vision coming to fruition a little bit through the season. So I'm excited and I really enjoy the first, uh, not the first episode, the fourth episode. Yeah, a lot of things happening. Reconciliation, betrayal, manipulation. And I got to say, Rhaenyra, I mean, we're going to talk about this later, but Rhaenyra is really becoming very skilled at, <laughs> at like manu- manipulating people around her and playing the politics game. Yeah, who would have thought? She's turning from an idealist to uh, like a realist in a sense. Well, well, I guess her experiences over the past four years or whatever it is would teach her quite well for that. Yeah. And she knows she has to fend for herself, which is something that is talked about in this episode as well um, and has been in the previous few episodes. Quick question. How much time has passed? So when Damon talks to her at the beginning of the episode, he said he references four years. My question is, is that four years from the last episode or from when they last saw each other? So if it was three years between episodes two and three, then it would be an extra year between episodes three and four. That's my assumption. 
Um, and the four years is kind of throwing us off a little bit there, but I don't know what, how you read that conversation about where we are in time. Oh yeah, I also read it as it's been four years since he were he went away from court and uh, since he saw Rhaenyra. So yeah, it's it's I think we got it the same way. Okay, so it's been six months or a year, depending on if it's the last time they saw each other or when he left court, essentially. Yeah. Okay, cool. I just wanted to get that clarified uh, because I was a little bit like, oh, where are we in time? Because also, Allison was holding a baby. I don't think it was named in the episode, no. right? No. Uh, but yeah, so I, I assume that was the baby she was pregnant with in the last episode then. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, okay. Because otherwise, I feel like they would have mentioned something if it had been a longer time period or had some sort of visual signifier for that. I loved how they ended this episode. And I know it's just, mm -hmm. I don't, you don't want to talk about the ending at the beginning, but the tea coming from the king, the obviously the uh, contraceptive or milk of the poppy, right? Is that what it's called? It's, it's called that in at least Game of Thrones. I don't know if it's the same thing or just another tea. But Isn't milk of the poppy a kind, kind of a painkiller? Isn't that? Oh, yeah. What is the... Oh, man. I forget what they had in Game of Thrones that they would also use as a contraceptive. Whatever it may know. be. Some tea. Okay. This is like the plan B pill, basically. Yeah, this is essentially plan B. I love how they did that. I was surprised that the Grand Mesa wasn't didn't stay to watch her drink it. I'm not surprised about that. I think he would just kind of give her her privacy. Um, I don't think he was commanded by the king to ensure that she drinks it. Mm. I think it's more just like, give this to her, essentially. And do it, do it quietly. And I just found it great because it was able to balance between okay what is Rainier what did she say to him does he believe her is really the question there clearly he doesn't but does in the important ways it's really interesting because it goes back to that comment about truth and perception and all these things and uh, just such a great way to end it and the look on her face is just such a great performance for that the end there and it really had me like I, th I thought that was my favorite ending of all the episodes this season. Yeah, that was that was a great statement as well from her. I mean, not great in a, in a normative way, but a, definitely a statement from her father. Because they're, they're also at an interesting point, Viserys and Rhaenyra. Um, yeah, I don't know. Their, their relationship is very fascinating to me, especially in this episode when it comes to Otto, which we're probably going to talk about. It's, oh, for sure. It was so interesting to me that Viserys only doubts Otto when he talks badly of Rhaenyra. There were other people trying to, I guess, warn Viserys about Otto, but he never listened to that. Uh, but as soon as Otto shares the intel about Rhaenyra and Daemon, uh, Viserys is like, oh, you're just a snake trying to trying to get as much power as you can. It was like, oh yeah, finally you see what we have been seeing all along. You mentioned Alicent, and I really like the comment that she has to Rhaenyra about her feeling lonely and not having friends. Mm -hmm. And I really think that this episode is bringing out that loneliness quite well. And Otto being kicked out of the small council, because conceivably he'll leave King's Landing, is just going to exacerbate that loneliness. So to see Allison and highlight her and what are the and what is the effects of that loneliness is yet to be seen, but 
I just find that a really interesting way that they're sowing seeds for future potential conflict between the two. I mean, they already have conflict between them, but not really from Allison's side. So how is Allison going to react to this in terms of her own personal loneliness and uh, and Rhaenyra's causal effect of, you know, exacerbating it? I don't know. I'm not speaking real well today, but, you know, we live. <laughs> And you talking about, you know, the four main characters, I think, is a very astute point because this episode makes it very clear that, you know, with all the intercutting, which I just loved um, making points and comparing and comparing them, uh, Alicent and Rhaenyra, but also then Viserys and Damon and then Alicent and Viserys and Rhaenyra and Damon and all of these interesting interpersonal relationships uh, and how they are contrasted by how this show is shot and edited a phenomenal episode in that way in its direction by uh by oh no what was her name ah uh i looked this up too and <laughs> i like uh had a claire kilner there we go okay, there you go good job yeah the first female director of the season so uh and i think it's notable that um, there's a lot of sex in this episode, and it definitely looks extremely different than how sex was portrayed in Game of Thrones. And I think I attribute that to Claire. Uh, I literally just said her name. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's look this up. I have such a great memory. Claire Kilner's uh, involvement. Just close the tab. Gonna reopen it. <laughs> I know. Uh, I, I attribute that to her involvement, of course, but as well as the. I mean, it's notable that, or it was noted that they had hired um, sex scene consultants for the show in response mm. to a lot of the issues that came in Game of Thrones. And I think it's, this is a really good episode to bring, you know, Claire Kilner in. <laughs> God, names are terrible. But yes, I think at some point we will definitely talk about sex in this episode. Yeah. But um, just a little tease there for you. Okay, so what's your first scene that you want to talk about? I want to talk about uh, Rhaenyra and Alicent in the Godswood, um, when Rhaenyra is basically lying to Alicent on the memory of her mother, which is mm. absolutely insane. Yes. Um, and that, that dialogue <laughs> between the two is incredible. But obviously they have a, a scene between the two of them earlier on where they seem actually quite friendly again. So maybe the wounds had been mended somehow. And they're holding hands a little bit. They're talking, Allison's confiding about her loneliness. But then here in this episode, it's really interesting because their relationship, even in the way that they address each other, you know, how Renee calls her your grace or sister or these kinds of different um, uh, titles really represent um, a different, a differing place in their relationship. And the way that Rhaenyra technically, technically, Except doesn't lie, I guess. Like he, she didn't have sex with, uh, like what's his face, Damon. Damon. But they don't actually, like you know, it doesn't tell the truth. It's really, really well done by Rhaenyra here. Um, and Allison kind of, it, you can also see on Allison's side the trouble that this is all put upon her, and you can see how, you know, even though she is queen, she is uh, as I mentioned earlier alone and this betrayal is unbelievable to her. It's, it's, it's really just a great scene and a blow up. And I, I would love to see 
how it's going to impact in the future. And I think it has even more meaning because it is in the Godswood scene. It, it, it is in the Godswood where they used to spend so much time together um, as best friends. Yeah, I also wanted to talk about that scene because, yeah, that this is the first time where we see Rhaenyra really, you know, she's very careful of which words she's choosing. And yeah, she really manipulates Alicent. Uh, just just a quick disclaimer all of this whole language like patriarchal misogynist language of you know and the uh, these ideas of virtue and you know being sullied and what uh, Viserys also says later about her virginity and like who who would now be interested in her all of that is obviously bad but in the context of the show I think it's it just tells you so much about these characters and about what they're worried about mostly and the reputation of everything uh and it is all about that one phrase you know the the truth doesn't matter only perception in the sense of all of this has power because people think it has power it's kind of like that parable that i think uh Varys tells in the in game yeah. of thrones where you know who has the real power like the swordsman the king and the priest or whatever and Power lies where people think it lies, yeah. Yeah, believe it lies, something like that. Exactly. And I don't know, they have this whole back and forth. Yeah, that was just a very interesting exchange, especially because you have the earlier scene between the two of them where they reconcile and talk about a woman's role and, you know, marriage and which is not for love, but for status and like securing uh, heirs and everything and furthering one's own. Uh, bloodline and all of that so i I thought that that was a a very interesting juxtaposition somewhat of a juxtaposition somewhat of a continuation which is why i love the two scenes there uh you know kind of going hand in hand same goes with the reconciliation of viserys and daemon earlier where daemon tells viserys they named me king of the narrow sea but then he swears fealty to him and they embrace, and everybody's applauding very awkwardly. They're really bad at clapping in this show. Yeah. Yeah. And then later on, that exchange, you know, which also is after the the scene, or is it also intercut? I don't uh, don't remember. Where, you know, uh, Viserys has Damon brought, totally hungover, to uh, his throne room, and kind of, you know, assaults him. And they're talking about Rhaenyra and the difference between men and women here, where Damon says, you know, we hoard when we were young. And Viserys is like, yeah, we are young men. She's just a girl. And yeah, as I said just a few minutes ago, what what lord will wed her now in this condition? And, you know, Damon asking for Rhaenyra uh, in marriage and uh, Viserys sending him back to the Vale, and all of this, like the whole, all of these exchanges, kind of, I don't know, show show you like the same thing that like what is important, and how this first, what what first seemed kind of to be a an interesting move by Viserys to insist on Rhaenyra as an heir, now has its big bat backlash, um, which I think also points to the time jump where people, where I think maybe Viserys has a change of heart as well. And all of that has a lot of, you know, 
uh, outcomes that we're we're gonna talk about later and probably like not just in this episode but in episodes to come i'm very sure well you just talked a lot about my next scene that i wanted to talk about yeah. <laughs> um, the viserys daemon scenes uh and i am really interested here when you know daemon is you know drunk on the floor or whatever what are daemon's motivations what is he doing here and he doesn't actually claim to have had sex with her he doesn't but he doesn't deny it he wants her reputation i don't know if he wants her reputation to be ruined why would he want that that's the effect of what he's doing he he does lead viserys to believe it's true where is he like where is he getting at like yeah okay viserys calls him out for lusting for the throne but is that actually true with Damon? This is a really cool thing about this character is you never know what he actually wants. And he's so unpredictable. I, maybe it's even true that he doesn't know what he wants. Yeah. So I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah, I think it's so fascinating as a character to see. And when you're just like confused as a after like a dialogue like that, it is a really great, you know, just uh, reflection on on the, the character. So I'm I'm excited to see more clarity here and do you think he'll kill his wife <laughs> that's like a question i have because <laughs> she's starting to get in the way of a lot of things for him yeah probably at this point he will because i think you talked you were you were just talking about his motivation and i think yes it's still power but maybe maybe he has kind of fallen for uh Rhaenyra in a in a sense and you know he does put the idea forward of them getting married that's i think partly why he does not correct what has uh, what is supposed to have happened because for uh, for as much as like all that he knows is that uh Rhaenyra didn't have sex that night which is obviously not true but um not with him anyway so um yeah i don't know it's it's kind of i think i think that would have would have furthered his his kind of idea of marrying her because that it comes straight after viserys saying who would take her now and immediately afterwards damon says i mean i would i would i would really like to viserys is having none of it but you know as, as we talked last time you know there is a targaryen tradition i suppose you could call it uh which Alison is not a fan of but you know none of the others seem to care and i think viserys is not opposed to it on the idea of it because you know later on he says he wants uh rhaenyra to uh marry someone who's also a close relative uh it's probably just because it's daemon yeah i think it's because it's daemon particularly i think because you know, happened out of wedlock for sure, and this whole like virginity thing. I, I think that in the brothel, that the passion looked real to me, mm. and it's only when Rhaenyra started to reciprocate that passion that he kind of balked at it. And what he ended up, he kind of walked out. Maybe it was, uh, it's it's up to speculation why he ended up balking out. My read on it was that this kind of made it real and he kind of didn't want to go all the way or, or felt, you know, that, um, you know, Oh shit, this is actually happening. I, I, I gotta leave or whatever. Um, and 
get even more drunk <laughs> and whatever. Yeah, because he is Zarya. he is the one who stops it, which is the thing, which is like I think yeah. the most interesting thing about all of this. And I think maybe it has to do with him realizing that he actually has feelings for her. Uh, yes. And so he doesn't know what to do with it, and so he runs away. Yeah, I don't think he had he'd realized those feelings until that moment. Yeah. I think like when he picked her up in the middle of the night, that wasn't for that purpose and it just came about through the night exactly so that, that's like so interesting to me because you know Renier definitely was up for it so much so that she couldn't go to bed without like having sex i suppose so she got she got cold um which is also interesting which you know just saying called it well also like if anyone finds out he's dead so yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was actually surprised that he did it because at first, I thought he's just gonna rebuff her and just go outside, and then I don't, I don't know, I don't think it totally makes sense that she kind of is successful <laughs> in seducing him, but I guess she is. So you know, they've that. they've kind of hinted at that chemistry oh, yeah. between the two of them for sure. So yeah, yeah, it yeah. kind of, I, I you could see that he would want it, but it it seems contrary to his personality to do that. Mm-hmm. But again. Who knows? But there's a lot of armor to get off there. Like, yes. <laughs> it seems like you could have a moment of clarity. But Yeah, exactly. But I don't know. It's it's one of these things. Uh, I don't know. It's like, what what is the right thing to do here? Because otherwise, you're near as pissed, you know? I guess speaking of, should we talk about sex? Sure. I'm, I'm keeping myself to uh, sing a certain song, but sure. I know, me too. <laughs> Okay, so so what do you want to talk about, Rashad? I want to talk about the intercutting between Viserys and Allison having sex, and Rhaenyra yes. and Chris and Cole's sex, and I really, really laid on the sex there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that was so well done. It was so good. I don't know. I just the the intercutting was just making the entire point because. You know, it first it is uh, when Damon and Rhaenyra, and then later on it's obviously uh, Cole and Rhaenyra. But Alicent, just I don't know, she is just having to be on call for Viserys whenever he wants to, and that's I don't know. And you could obviously see it in her face that it did that just kind of made me feel for her and also made me laugh because it was so well acted how she is not enjoying this at all and at the same time damon is calling is uh, talking about how marriage is this institution that kind of is supposed to cage you in but it doesn't have to be that way and you can follow your passions and lust and that's kind of you know what they see in the brothel and what they also experience with each other yeah i mean in TV shows or whatever, what is the point of sex? It is about characters and development, right? Often shows just have sex for sex sick, but who really wants that? I mean, I guess people do, but the point of it really, and it was done so well here, is that there is an actual point here. And there is, you can see characters evolving through this experience that they're going on. And this, especially on the Rhaenyra side, because she's transforming in front of our eyes, experiencing something for the first time that is a part of life. And she is, you know, 
I don't know, moving, I don't want to say moving on to the next stage of her life, but kind of in that way. This is a moment of awakening for her, not only in the brothel, but when she learns to take what she wants in Chris and Cole. And it's clear that she's wanted him in the past, ever since we saw him um, at the in episode one. So mm-hmm. that juxtaposed with Allison's position and her inability to kind of say no or rebuff Riberis. Uh, wow. Viserys <laughs> and their their juxtaposes experiences is just such a great not not only that it's just so well shot in the way that it captures you know the the mundaneity or how sex can be terrible in some cases while in an idealistic way it could be great and this and how two people coming together enjoying it is just like so beautiful. While on the other hand, it's so dark. And even the way that the scenes are lit. So one is completely black and dark. The mm-hmm. the Viserys one or the Viserys Allison one. And the other one is just like beautifully romantic and candlelit. And these two opposite sides of the coin with sex and how it is handled in this episode is just, it's phenomenal. And it just, we're we're so far away from where sex used to be, how it used to be depicted in a show that will go unnamed. But I really love these two scenes together. And I think it is the point of this episode, clearly. And if, you know, the last episode was realizing responsibilities of being an adult, this is the next episode of what do you do with those responsibilities and how do you kind of come into your own and realize your own positions within um this world that you're living in so it's just so good and it's so much about um these transformations of characters or where they are and yeah yes 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 (laughs) i mean you know it's hbo they have i mean the whole idea of sex position is such an hbo thing um i think they coined that term and i think so so my theory here is that just as damon has realized his extent the extent of his feelings for Rhaenyra Rhaenyra once she goes into the brothel and is kind of confronted with all the different possibilities that like lust can take uh, she is kind of overwhelmed by it because I mean maybe she had I mean she had some feelings about these things and was feeling it but once she saw that maybe unlocked something in her and I think that is also true when it comes to Kristen Cole, because I'm pretty sure that in the beginning when she was like, I don't know, 13, 14, uh, that was more the idea of romantic, like something romantic to do with chivalry and all of that stuff. Um, and maybe now is so, uh, somewhat changing to a more lustful uh, idea. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's It's an interesting transformation. I think that we just see there on the faces of the actors of the characters so it's well acted um yeah just shout out to like the acting that is just like on their faces i i'm always so in awe of actors who just are capable of showing so many emotions and so many thought processes just with a few facial expressions also side note one thing that kind of pisses me off is when you are there's a show or a movie that you can see there's like nudity or whatever and in the back of your head is like 
did they pressure the actor to do this like against their will kind mm-hmm. of, or did they feel pressure to do this? But this, these scenes, they're not shown with any nudity. There is nudity obviously in the brothel scene, but with the sex scenes, there is no explicit nudity really. So it's just, yeah. it's another, it's a testament to how you don't actually have to have nudity to show sex. Like obviously you can do sex. You can show sex in like a off camera way. Like you could, there's other ways to do it just like by insinuating it. But even if you, want to shoot it directly like in these scenes these two scenes are really direct but it shows and shows so much passion the same passion and lust that you're going for if you want to display this kinds of scene in a television show but it's just it's amazing like i mean it reminds me of you know uh what's her name who played daenerys oh my god (laughs) i'm just gonna i'm just gonna let you sit that out oh no uh I really can't remember names. Fuck, what was her name? What was her name? Amelia Clark. Aha! Okay. There you go. It reminded me of how (laughs) HBO and Amelia Clark went back and forth about her nudity in the show after season one. And it, you know, that is just a terrible part of like, you know, how there's pressure for people to go uh, be nude on screen. And it just this these are these two scenes are evidence of the fact that you don't need that to show anything you want to show. It's just mm. it's it, I mean it's suggestive for sure. You see a lot of skin, but it is just such a well done. It's so good on top of everything. One of the best like sex scenes I've seen in a long time. I mean that's a statement. I it's also a, don't great see audio many clip. six. Uh-huh. I don't see many sex uh-huh. scenes. Sure. Anyway, what's the next? Speaking of scenes, what's the next one you want to talk about? Uh, the last scene that I have on my list is Otto getting fired. Yes, of course. How could you not pick this one? I have a hot take. Okay. I feel bad for Otto. <laughs> <laughs> I actually feel bad for him. I think it's partly the performance. Because the performance mm-hmm. is incredibly well done. I think you can see how he actually feels sad and feels bad to have to give Viserys this news here. And it's interesting. Otto deserves to get fired, for sure, for what he's done <laughs> in the past. But I don't think he gets deser- de- he deserves to get fired for this. And this is why I feel yeah. conflicted here. And it's so confusing because... Yes, he gets called out eventually by Viserys, and Viserys also realizes the things in the past and realizes about how he was played into loving Alicent, essentially. It's interesting to me that he doesn't then realize or put two and two together that, that Alicent doesn't love him. But again, we'll get, we'll get to that. I don't think he, mm. that's, he's capable of that level of uh, um, clarity. <laughs> or introspection, yes, exactly. But for this particular thing, and... Viserys has a point in terms of he has to tell the king upsetting things sometimes. And yeah, absolutely. if the reason why he's getting fired is because Viserys got pissed about news that is basically true, not entirely true, but basically true. And it's I, this is why I'm so conflicted because it's this is Viserys being dumb still. <laughs> but <laughs> it's auto auto deserves to go, but not for the ashes. I, it's a great scene, and in it, mm. in a, such a character for me that was so black and white, <laughs> I'm now feeling very gray and conflicted about about even Otto Hightower. So, wow! Yeah, just because he got fired for the wrong re- uh, for the right reason, but for the wrong ins- ins- uh, instance, that's very, huh? 
Okay. I because I felt I didn't feel that at all. I mean, I, it was like okay, Otto has a has a point that he his job is to is to tell the king things that might not be that he might not want to hear. That's part of his job description, and he would be, as he puts it, a bad servant if he didn't do it. But I did ha didn't have any qualms about him leaving because I mean he's done a lot of things that we have discussed previously that are not great yeah my my last scene is actually the scene before then in which um Viserys orders Rhaenyra to wed Lena Valerian uh and then in turn you know Rhaenyra promises to do so if he gets rid of Otto because he is and he you know Rhaenyra calls him a vulture and talks to his uh, her father about all of the things that you know how power hungry he is and all of that a few years ago she had seen these things but now she's in a position where she can leverage her power to achieve kind of what she wants in that regard and i i thought that that just goes to show how the uh, you know only four four episodes into this show we've seen so much character growth uh or rather development uh in Renira. Top to bottom, all these characters are so well done. And I think yeah. that what makes it amazing is that they can jump through time so much, but we can still see the the pillars that make the characters stay consistent. And that is mm -hmm. such a hard line to walk. And they're doing it beautifully here. So just another shout out to the skill of the actors. And also not the only the actors, but the writers and every, everyone involved in this show. It's really good. And I think that while for me, the last episode is one of the one of the weaker ones i don't want to rank them i don't i don't have a ranking yet but i think this was for me the strongest <laughs> episode that we've seen so far mm. yeah i think there is something to be said about character studies in a small scale and that's what this show is like especially this episode is and which you know a lot of things a lot of shows are character studies but uh you know this one in particular i i love it i, I love that it's so you know boiled down um yeah i don't know i'm very curious about everyone still <laughs> but i'm particularly curious about you know the two people who have now been cast out otto and damon what are they doing now is either of them going with you know gonna see corliss for example uh are they gonna like uh talk to each other i'm just like those three people are they gonna going to interact in some way obviously corliss has been uh described as pushing an alliance with bravos so you know that'd be interesting if uh, rhaenyra actually does marry uh, his son which i'm not too sure about that that's going to happen or it's not going to be a happy marriage anyway but uh you know i'm just curious obviously of like everything is going to happen but obviously the two cast outs what are they going to do Yeah, and I'm excited to see what happens next. That's really it. And I wonder if we'll get another, we'll get a big time jump this time because we got a very small one again. Maybe they're going to alternate small, big, small, big time jump. But mm -hmm. whatever it is, at this point, I'm just down for it. That's a great sign for this show, honestly. I kind of like the time jump stuff because, like, you never know what's going to come because we might see the wedding between Lenore and Rhaenyra. We might yeah. continue on and just, like, you know fast forward and whatever happens but yeah we'll, we'll see i'm excited and with that thank you so much 
for listening. If you've enjoyed the show, give us a five-star rating. For shot, I'm Chris, and talk to you next time. We also accept checks in the mail. Serialhook.com. Bye.